I may be dating myself on this, but does anyone remember that movie, The Karate Kid? So, you remember, wax on, wax off. You might think, well, what's that have to do with the word? Actually, it has a lot to do with the word. Because when, uh, what, was that, what was that kid's name? I, I don't even remember. Does anyone remember? <laughs> Daniel's son. Um, but when he went, you know, he thought he was going to be right away just Mr. But what did he do? Wax on, wax off. But what did that prepare him for? The real thing. So when that challenge came, he didn't have to think about what he was going to do. Just, just did it. You know, I remember when I played, um, I have to qualify this, American football. <laughs> you know, when we'd have a bad game, the next practice, our coach would always take us back to just doing the basics. Do the basics over and over and over and over again. Why was that? Because usually when we messed up in the game, it was because we had messed up on something basic. We forgot the basics. Have you ever eaten a piece of cake that, you know, you look, you see this cake, and oh my goodness, it's just the decoration on it just looks beautiful, and you think, oh, that's just going to taste so incredible. And they cut a slice, and they give it to you, and you take one bite, and all the moisture is immediately sucked out of your mouth. And it tastes like they used half flour and half sawdust. <laughs> and what, you're, you're disappointed, aren't you? But what happened? Whoever made the cake forgot what? The basics. Looked great on the outside, but the inside wasn't good. And I would say with us as believers, many times we can do everything on the outside that looks like we're Man, Mr. or Mrs. Powerful Christian. But on the inside, have we forgotten some of the basics? Have we forgotten some of the basics? And I would, I would say this, that really recently, I would say in the last probably eight months or so, I know God's been dealing with other people on this. He's been dealing with us to get back to the basics. We can't forget the basics. <laughs> So one of those basics, to me, that's, that's vitally important is understanding the authority we have as a believer. The authority of the believer. How many of you are believers in here? What, do, what does a believer do? Believes. A believer believes. So when we talk about the authority of the believer, the first question we have to say is, what's What's authority? I think, again, the best example of this, an example of authority would be a, a police officer. I mean, if you drive out today and there's a police officer standing there with his hand up, he says, stop. Why can he do that? <coughs> because he has, obviously, a uniform on. He's got a badge or some identification. But physically... Can he stop a car? No, but why do you stop? 
because of the authority that he holds. Because of the authority that he holds and because of the fear of getting some sort of a ticket too, I suppose. But so what's authority? It's the right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. The right to give orders, the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. It's also this, the right to act in a specified way delegated from one person or organization to another. Now, this is what it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I'm going to be using the, the English standard, standard version. I thought since we moved to England a few years ago, we should use the English standard version instead of the new American standard version or something like that. But uh, Luke 10, 19 says this. It says, Behold, I've given you authority. So who's doing the speaking here? Jesus. And he's saying, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. So what did Jesus do? He delegated authority to them. He said, I'm giving it to you. You have it. It's yours. So when we understand what the Bible, and we're going to be going into a few more scriptures, really teaches us about authority, it's going to cause us to rise up to a new level of really walking in faith in our lives. When we understand what we have. So let's turn over to Matthew chapter 8, if you got your Bibles this morning. And I think this is probably one of the best scriptures concerning authority. In fact, this is really an example that Jesus used of authority. It says, when he had entered Capernaum, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, no one, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. So can you imagine that? Here's Jesus, he sees this, uh, he's talking to this centurion, and then he turns to disciples, everyone, all those said, Hey, I haven't found faith like this man has in all of Israel. That's a shocking statement, isn't it? I tell you, many will come from east and west and, recl and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. So it sounds like the centurion had more of the basics than all of Israel. He understood something that is really a basis for our faith. 
Why, why did he have that? Why did he understand that? He was a military man who understood authority. You know, when I was in, uh, it's kind of a funny story, when, and I hope you'll understand it, um, only because of, it's kind of from the States. When I was young, we moved from Massachusetts, was in, in the north, or excuse me, Cleveland, which is in the north, down to Memphis, Tennessee, which is in the south. Now, in the U.S., the culture in the north is much different than the culture in the south. So in the south, <clears throat> particularly at that time, you addressed when an when a, a, a adult talked to you, a male, if he said something to you, when you answered, you would say, yes, sir, or no, sir. Not yes or no, but yes, sir, or no, sir. And for a, a, a lady, it would have been yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am. That was how you answered, period. Well, moving from the north to the south, I didn't know that. So I come into school. I was in probably, I think about fifth grade, maybe. And the teacher, one of the teachers said something to me or asked me a question. I said, yes. And she says, looks at me kind of with a stern look and says, yes, what? And I'm thinking, I said, yes, yes. <laughs> Needless to say, I got in a little bit of trouble, but I think she understood because I didn't know how authority operated in that situation. So here's the funny part. Our son, we moved from Minnesota to Arkansas, north to south. So he's in school. Teacher says something, asks him a question, and he says, yes. And she says, yes, what? And he, he goes, yes, yes? <laughs> So, again, he didn't understand authority. The funny thing is that we were talking about this the other day, and I said, Trent, I said exactly the same thing. <laughs> so I guess we're a little bit too much alike. But he was a military man, the centurion. He understood authority. He understood it. Authority had been given to him. And so he used and walked in that authority. And so that authority that he had learned, he took that and he applied it to the spiritual because the principle was the same. And so that's why Jesus said, you've got it, you got it, you understand it, you understand authority. For authority to be effective, the person who has it has to use it. For it to be effective, you have to use it. You can have all sorts of authority and been given all sorts of authority, but if you don't use it, it's really useless, isn't it? You have to use it. You know, the church has had authority for 2,000 years. But there's a lot of the church that's not walking in what they've been given. Either they don't understand it, or they understood it once and have just let that basic kind of slide. But it's vitally important that we understand it and that we use it. We use it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. says, What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might, 
that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to who? To the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Then down in chapter 2, verse 5, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and... I love these ands. Raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Have you ever noticed how your body always follows your head around? Aren't you glad? (laughs) The body always follows the head. When Jesus was raised, Jesus, the head of the church, was raised. We were raised with him. The body was raised with him. So he's seated next to the Father. Who else is seated next to the Father? We are. We're seated with him in heavenly places. It says he put all things under his feet. So all things are under our feet. The body always follows the head. You know, I I like to say this. Authority is give and take. He's given, we take. He's given it, we take it. It's ours. And we don't have to say, no, 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 I'm not worthy for that. Yes, we are. Because what? We've been raised up together with him. We are worthy. Not in what we've done, but in what he's done. So we are worthy to walk in the authority that we've been given. So what's the power behind that authority? It's the power of God. Now with the policemen I mentioned, they they have the power of the government, the power of behind them, the law, the power of the law behind them. We have the power of God behind us. You know, the, if you want to learn more about the authority of the believer, the book of Ephesians says more about it than probably any other book or any other of the epistles for sure. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So when we talk about the power of God, it's a spiritual power. It's something on the inside of us that works its way out. It's from the inside out, not the outside in. 
So authority, that authority that we have is a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. That's why the word says our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, powers, was the rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where the battle is. It's not a physical battle, but we many times, and this is just the way we are. We're human, aren't we? We have a flesh and we have these things we have to deal with. We want to fight that battle in the flesh. We want to get mad at that person. We want to get this. But it's a spiritual thing. A spiritual battle, not a physical battle. But it says we can be strengthened with power through His Spirit in our inner man. Our inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It's a faith walk, isn't it? All of this is by faith. I mean, I've got my nice little iPad here. Some of you have your Bibles or iPhones or whatever you're reading with. But it's a faith thing, isn't it? We're reading these words that were written thousands of years ago, and we're saying, I believe that's for me now. That's faith, isn't it? It takes faith. So, he dwells in our hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now this, these scriptures are part of what we would call, or referred to as the Ephesians prayers, where Paul prayed different things through the book of Ephesians. And I heard Brother Hagin say this um, years and years ago, he said he really saw a turning point in his life when he began to pray these prayers and personalize them. So it's not speaking about someone else because this is a promise of the word, but putting his name in there, personalizing it, and pray those prayers. And this is what he said, and this was so interesting. He said that he advanced more in spiritual growth and knowledge in the six months that he did that, praying those, you know, just speaking those numerous times every day, than he had in the previous 16 years as a Christian. Why was that? The basics. He was praying what the Word said, and he was just, it's like a drill, doing it over and over. Now, is the key to it just the amount of times? No, the whole point is you're getting it on the inside of you. And so when, the, when that question comes, and we all have questions that come, things that hit our mind, we don't have to sit and think, oh, um, what was that scripture? I, you know, we've been doing enough wax on, wax off, where it just comes out of us. And we know, I mean, we know the authority we walk in. We don't even have to question it. We don't have to wonder. It's there. It's there. And so I would say this, and let me encourage you in this. Go through the book of Ephesians and find those prayers. Begin to pray those over your life. Put yourself in there. Personalize that. Okay, going back here to that power behind our authority. Ephesians 6.10 says this, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, on our own, we're pretty weak, aren't we? How much authority can we walk in? In our own natural selves? Not a lot. We don't have in the natural the equipment to be able to stand against these things that come against us. But it says we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not our might, His might. It's His strength, it's not our strength. We have a limited supply of strength. But the Lord's power and His might is what? Unlimited. Completely unlimited. 1 John 4, 4. It says, little children... You are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. And a lot of times we forget what verse 5 says. I, I, I like verse 5. It says, they are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. Have you ever noticed if you watch... Sometimes the, the news or things on television, they get people that are so-called experts. And they say things, and you listen to them, and you think, it doesn't line up with the word here. That's not true. But the world sees them as, oh, they're an expert. They're an expert. But this is what it says. They're from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. So their frame of reference has nothing to do with the word. And then it says, and the world listens to them. And it's, a, it's amazing to me, even with celebrities. Just because they acted in a movie, now they put them out there like they're an expert on all these other things. <laughs> I mean, is that foolishness? But what is that? That's the world. The world says all kinds of things. We have to remember the power that backs us. Well, let me put it this way. We're on the winning team. Read the end of the book. We won. We win. That's it. Finished. Now we have to get from here to there. And the power that backs our authority is greater than the power which backs our enemies. Now, have any of us ever had setbacks? Sure. Does the word of God promise us that we'll just go through life? No storms, no things happening? No. But it does promise us that we have power and we have authority. If, we, if, if it was just a matter of going through life and everything was going to be just grand after we get born again, why would we even need authority? It's a faith thing, isn't it? We have to believe and we have to walk this out. The walk of faith. Okay, Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. How much authority? All. So it's been given to him. 
And then Matthew 28, verse 19. He says this, Go therefore, go therefore. So he says, all authority has been given to me. I'm giving it to you. And now here's what you have to do. All authority has been given to me. I'm giving it to you for a reason. Go and make disciples of all nations. He says, all right, here's my authority. I'm giving it to you. Now with that authority comes something else. It's called responsibility. I'm giving it to you, but there's kind of a little catch there. It's called go. It's not called build a little wall around so you can just make it through you and your family till the end. You know, build a little castle and sit in there and peek over a little while and say, oh, look what the devil's doing out there and then get back down behind the wall. It's go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So he said, I'm giving you this authority. I'm telling you what you need to do. I'm going to be with you. In the Amplified Bible, it says, go then. Go then. <coughs> we have the authority and power because when Christ ascended, he transferred that authority to the church. He said, I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you my name. You're free to use my name whenever you want. You're free to use that. So when Christ ascended, he gave that authority to the church. He's the head of the church. Where is body? The only way that his authority can uh, really work on this earth now, it has to come through his body. He's given it to us to use. It's not, oh, Jesus, use your authority here. No. We have to use the authority he's given us. Because that authority is perpetuated through his body on the earth. We have to use it. Where's Jesus now? Seated at the right hand of the Father. The right hand, historically, has been a position of authority. So we died with him but we've also been raised up with Him, seated in heavenly places. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Having been buried with Him in baptism, we are raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. He was raised up. We were raised up with Him. We were dead in our trespasses. God made us alive together with Him, having forgiven all our trespasses. The, cancel, the, debt, the record of debt has been canceled. It says, this he set aside. It's been nailed to the cross. So all those things we did, where are they? Nailed to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. 
You know, in ancient, in ancient times, a victorious king or ruler, what would he do with those that were defeated? They'd be paraded through the streets so everyone could see that the enemy's been defeated. This is what Jesus did. It says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them. This is what Jesus did to the devil. What power does the devil have? Only what we give him. Only what we give him. The word says he's a liar and the father of lies. How does he operate? Through lies and deception. He tried it with Jesus, didn't he? What did he use there? He used the word. Used wrong. And how did Jesus answer? With the word correctly used. So the source of our authority is found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the source of our authority. Our authority is not based on what we do, but on what He did and who we are in Him. Authority, spiritual authority, is not how loud you pray. It's not how long you pray. It's not how much you shake when you pray. It's faith in what Jesus already did. He gave us the authority. We just have to use it. Just saying the name of Jesus. Just in Jesus' name. No. I mean, when you see a... a, a I go back to this the policeman example. But a policeman, when they're directing traffic or wanting you to stop, what do they do? Typically. Hold up there. Stop. They don't go, I command you to stop. <laughs> Why? Because authority isn't based on all the little things or how it's just based on knowing I have it stop in the name of Jesus stop you know this is something we can't it's hard sometimes to get with our minds wrap but there's a revelation there in the spirit we need to get a hold of you have to believe it by faith you have to know that all the power and authority of God backs us up and it's been given to us. It's ours. We have it. The head and the body were raised together. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. We, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So when we realize that the authority that belongs to Christ, 
also belongs to individual members of the body of Christ, and one is no more special than any other. We're all members of the body. We stand equal before God. This is, I'm talking about the authority of the believer, not the authority of the pastor or the evangelist or this special anointed person. I'm talking about the believer. I said we are all what? Believers. Believers believe. They believe in what? They believe that what Jesus did was the final work that needed to be done. And he has given us everything we need to fulfill the plans and purposes he has for our life and to walk in victory in every situation. When we realize that, we'll start doing the go. The go, therefore, into all the world. That world may be on the far side of the world, or it may be that person that you work with, or that person, that that neighbor, or relative. Your world. You've been given the authority to affect your world. Your world individually, and as the body of Christ, the world in its entirety. That's why we're here, to affect the world. To use that authority that he's given to us. The authority that he's given to us. I want to challenge you this morning. You know, I talked about that cake Let's all stand, can we? Let's stand. No, I talked about that cake. And you know, on the outside, all of us can look like just wonderful believers and and like we have, everything is just all together in our life. But that's really usually pretty, it's kind of rarely the case, is it? We all have things that we're dealing with and challenges. But I want to encourage you this morning to, to get back to these basic truths of the word. Let's let's spend some time over these next few weeks. Go to the book of Ephesians. Start praying those prayers. Personalize them. Make them yours. Spend that time in the word that you need. Spend that time praying that you need. What is it? I'm talking about doing those basic things that sometimes we forget. So we don't want to be that cake that looks wonderful on the outside, but then the actual inside of that cake is kind of not the best. We want that base to be strong. The foundation of the word on the inside of us to be strong. So we understand who we are in Christ. We understand what we've been given. We understand that we've been given the name that's above every name. Now, as I said, looking out here, I don't know where people are, where you are with that. I know where I am. And I know God was speaking to me and saying, all right, time to get back to some basics here. And so that's something we all need to check, I think, in our heart and say, just ask that question. I kind of slipped it let some of these things slip if I let some of these things slip if you say no I'm I'm great but like I said I I know where I was I thought "Ah, I've let some things slide here and so this morning as we just spend a, a few minutes here worshiping God check your heart 
check your heart and say, just ask those questions of yourself. Have I let some things slip or slide in my life that I need to just put a little more time into? Like I said, when I played football, you know, we had those drills, we did them all the time. And there's things in the word like that that we just need to continually be reminding ourselves of. I'd encourage you too to get um, Brother Hagen's book on the authority of the believer and just kind of kind of go through that. To me, that's one of those books it's good to read probably once a year. It's not a real large book, but it'll it'll just strengthen you in that area. It'll help you.